Have you ever wanted to dive deeper into scripture? If so, you're in luck, because every day there's a new scripture reflection from the thoughtful staff at America Media, thinking through big questions together, like, what do Catholics believe about guardian angels? And what can Gen Zers take away from the Gospels? If you're already a subscriber, you can access these reflections in your email inbox or on our website. If you'd like to become a digital subscriber, it's easy to do. Just visit americamagazine.org slash subscribe, and you'll have full access to America's Scripture Reflections. Welcome to Inside the Vatican with America Media. Each week, veteran Vatican reporter Gerard O'Connell and I take you behind the headlines for an intergenerational conversation about the biggest stories out of the Vatican. This week, we're taking a look at Cardinal Marx's offer of resignation. Cardinal Marx is the Bishop of Munich and a top advisor to the Pope. So when he said he would resign to take institutional responsibility for the abuse crisis, it made waves in both Germany and Rome. I'm Colleen Dully. This is Inside the Vatican. Good morning from New Orleans, Jerry. Good afternoon from a steamy hot Rome, Colleen. It's about the same here. And I must congratulate you on being the Multimedia Journalist of the Year. That is something big, something big. Thank you so much. The Catholic Media Association Awards were announced last week, and Inside the Vatican also won. We won honorable mention for Best Topical News Podcast, so I guess we're doing something right over here. Honorable mention is not first place, my dear. Uh, (laughs) You know what? Any recognition is good, though. (laughs) And you are first place, right? Yes. (laughs) Yes, I was. It was a really great honor. Germany's most senior cleric has offered his resignation to Pope Francis. Munich's Cardinal Reinhard Marx said that he wanted to share responsibility for what he called the catastrophe of sexual abuse by members of the Catholic Church. Cardinal Reinhard Marx has offered Pope Francis his resignation as Archbishop of Munich and Freising. In a letter to the Pope dated May 21st, he shares that his decision was made in response to the... All right, let's jump into our news for this week then. We've had kind of an interesting, fast-paced couple of weeks covering the story of Cardinal Marx's uh, offer of resignation. So on May 21st, but we found out about this on June 4th, Cardinal Marx, who is the Bishop of Munich and Freising in Germany, and is also one of Pope Francis's top advisors, uh, announced that he was offering his resignation to the Pope. This is really interesting because he said that he wanted to take institutional responsibility for the clerical sexual abuse crisis. He said, it's important for me to share the responsibility for the catastrophe of sexual abuse by church officials over the past decades. And It's interesting because he has never actually personally been accused of abuse or of covering up abuse cases. So, Jerry, I want to talk to you about this. You know, I guess the first thing to ask is there is a a new report that's going to come out. It's going to look at the Munich Diocese's history of handling the abuse crisis and, and how that was done both under Marx and as far back as Pope Benedict as well when he was bishop there. Is there anything in this report that we could expect would reveal anything negative about Marx that that would maybe have prompted him to want to resign? 
My understanding, and having spoken to people who should know, there is nothing of that nature. But remember, this is the second report on the Munich Archdiocese. The first one was done in 2010, when Benedict, then Pope, was accused of mishandling a case, and they carried out a major investigation. I remember he was on the front page of Time magazine. They said something like the Pope's nightmare. And uh, I remember being on many television programs uh, with different companies being questioned on this issue. It, it was a major moment in the papacy of Benedict because, I mean, we see now Francis being attacked from some quarters, but this was a major, it, it risked torpedoing the pontificate of a pope who had really taken some action on the, on the, on the abuse cases. In the end, the conclusion was that it was his vicar general who had been responsible, being managing the abuse cases, and it was not then Cardinal Ratzinger, who was Archbishop of Munich. And the Vicar General came out publicly and stated this. The first investigation couldn't name names. It couldn't name the victims because of the privacy laws in Germany, et cetera, et cetera. And it couldn't name basically those responsible, the perpetrators. Now we're in a different time in the history of the country, in the history of the abuse cases, and names can be named. But my, the information I have from people also in that area say they do not expect any serious charge against Marx. And indeed, I think the Pope would have checked this before he rejected his offer of resignation. If there had been a strong case against Marx, the offer of resignation would have been accepted. We can say with a good degree of certainty right now that Marx's offer of resignation was kind of a symbolic gesture, right? He wanted to say that I have had a role in shaping and forming the structures of the church, and I recognize that these are the structures that failed us in the abuse crisis, and I want to take responsibility for that, rather than saying he's taking responsibility for one specific case. I think that's important to say. That's exactly, I think, his position. He, uh, I think in 2008, he took over as Archbishop of Munich. He was then one of the bishops of the German Bishops' Conference, he did not become president of the conference until 2014, when he then did have big responsibilities. But he was archbishop of one of the biggest dioceses in Germany, and therefore he had responsibility there. And before that, he had been in the diocese of Trier, which was the oldest diocese in Germany. And before that, he'd been an auxiliary in Paderborn. So he said, I've been part of that bishop's conference, which has had a role, and then I've been president of the conference. And so therefore, I have helped shape the church that we have today and that in 2018 came up with a wide survey of the situation in the church, and which was very critical of how the situation was handled. As I wrote in my article, Colleen, you remember when I spoke to Father Zollner, who is a psychologist and who's a, one of the top experts in the field of the abuse question, and who's also German and who knows Marx very well, he said, Cardinal Marx is a highly sensitive person on this, on this question. He feels it very deeply. Ever since he had to do that first big investigation when Benedict was Pope, he has somehow lived with a sense of uh, a deep feeling, uh, an unease, uh, a sense that the church really hadn't done what it should have done. Yeah. And as you referred to earlier, Pope Francis didn't end up accepting this resignation. Now, we should make clear that 
when Cardinal Marx submitted his resignation to the Pope, it was his resignation as Bishop of Munich and Freising. So presumably he would have kept his other position as top advisor to Pope Francis. But in any case, Pope Francis rejected this resignation and he actually wrote a personal letter to Cardinal Marx. Uh, it's in Argentine Spanish, so we we can tell that, that Francis wrote it himself. And he sort of uses this letter to both reply to Cardinal Marx and to speak to every bishop in the world about abuse, right? He says Cardinal Marx is right that this is a catastrophe for the church, but then he calls on every bishop to come and see this as a matter of urgency. And in particular, he, he uses this phrase, he calls on every bishop and the church as a, a whole community to abandon what he calls the politics of the ostrich. And I was wondering if you could tell me what that means in this context. Well, basically, the ostrich is famous for putting his head, at least it's said to put its head in the sand when there's danger. Is there doubt about that? I thought that was real. Well, I, I, I'm i not certain I'm not an expert in this field. <laughs> We need an but, inside the Vatican zoologist to consult. <laughs> but the 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 understanding is has always been this: you put your head in the sand, and you don't see what's happening around you. the The point Francis was making, he he, he made a few points, and as you said, the slang, as it were, of Porteño, which is the Buenos Aires, the area around the, the port of Buenos Aires, the, that kind of language, is because Francis wrote the response in Spanish. He had it translated into German. We got no other official translations for a long time. So Francis was saying, we can't have the politics of the ostrich. He said, we've got to air this problem. It's got to come out in the open. Because Francis is well aware that people uh, say, well, I'm now bishop, but the problem was before me. Francis is making clear, no, no, you're a bishop of the church. You're part of, of, of the church. You take responsibility for what's happening. And then Francis also made clear that he, he didn't want bishops to be acting like Pilate, washing my hands and saying, you know, it's their problem, not mine. It's your problem, not mine. It was an extraordinary kind of letter, really, because Francis chose to respond to Marx, but the message was intended for every bishop. Another point that he makes here is that you can't go at this alone, right? He says, to take up the crisis personally and as a community is the only fruitful way forward because one does not exit from a crisis alone, but in community. And I thought that was interesting, both in terms of telling bishops, you can't stick your head in the sand, you can't ignore what's going on around you, but also in terms of telling Marx that he can't do this on his own, that he can't make this gesture on his own. How did you read that? I think it's quite interesting because Marx's response was I found very interesting. Marx says, I can't go back to where it was before. Yeah, Marx has said since this letter came out that he was surprised that Francis responded this way, that Francis didn't accept his resignation. And he said, yeah, it's not going to be back to business as usual. Yes, it's not going to be back because Marx now realizes that you play that card once. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's no, no, no other possibility of, of offering his resignation in, in this same way. And he also is saying that, you know, Marx has reflected on how he has acted as a bishop, and now he realizes he can't go back to acting that way. But it's also really calling out, and Germans have told me this, they saw it as calling out the other bishops in Germany, some of whom really kind of washed their hands and saying, you know, we did nothing wrong, like the monkeys, we saw no evil, say no evil, hear no evil. And he's saying, no, 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 
you are part of the church. You're part of the German church. You're a leader in the German church. And that's the message to the bishops. And then it's the wider global message to the bishops of the world. Because, I mean, we've seen in the United States, bishops who deny responsibility or wish to downplay their responsibility. And Francis says, no, you take personal responsibility and the community takes responsibility. You were talking about how influential Marx is in the German church and how this puts pressure on the other German bishops right away as soon as he submitted his resignation. We heard two things. We heard one group saying, well, hey, the rest of the German bishops, where are your resignations? Which I think is what you're talking about when you say that this this put the pressure on them. The other thing that was raised was that this was the wrong bishop resigning. That they were saying Marx generally is somebody who has has worked to eliminate abuse and has worked to increase accountability. And now here he is resigning, but we need him in there. And it sounds like Francis is kind of coming down on that line too, where he says, I need you in there. There was a really touching exchange, or I guess story that Francis shared at, at the end of this letter where he draws a parallel between his response to this letter and Jesus and Peter's dialogue on the beach after the resurrection when Jesus says to Peter, do you love me? Three times. And three times Peter says, yes. And Jesus says, feed my sheep, right? Go back, go do your job. That's how you show you love me. Yes. I think there are several points that you've just raised. The first is Francis will probably go down in history as the Pope who's, you know, asked for resignations of so many bishops. I think he has, he's asked for the resignation of, of all the Chilean bishops. Mm-hmm. We're talking of 2030. Right. And they all turn them in. Yeah. They all turn them mm-hmm. in. And now he's taking in quite a few re- resignations from Poland, nearby to Germany. Mm-hmm. So th- this message, this letter was read in Poland. I, I saw on my own uh, Twitter, etc., that people were picking it up in Poland and reading. And then it's, it's a message to Germany because already the Archbishop of Hamburg and some other bishops have taken time out. Whether they'll be brought back on from the bench or not is another question. As we go along, Francis is taking a tougher and tougher line. And he's moved at a pace at the beginning, people saying he was slow, he wasn't taking action. But he, he's moved with determination, creating a legal framework, which obliges bishops. You obey the law or you're out. Mm-hmm. And as we talked about last week with the revised code of canon law, now there are very strict penalties in place that you have to have. Yes. And it's very interesting. I was reading today that Cardinal Gracius, who's another member of the Cardinal Advisors, along with Marx, he says, I don't see this word vulnerable in here, in this canon law. And he's a canon lawyer. He says, this canon law has to be improved. Are you talking about this question that was raised about whether the new changes in canon law cover vulnerable adults as well as minors? Yes. And it's very interesting that one of the Pope's top advisors says, after the law has just come out, that there's room for improvement in this law. Oh, got it. Francis is moving forward. He's now reinstated Marx in his diocese. He's got people like Gracius there. And Marx said in his original letter to Francis, I'm handing in my resignation. What I'd like to do now is go back to pastoral care and support the renewal of the church. And the Pope said, no, no, you stay in your diocese, but you do those two things. Mm-hmm. And so now I expect to see Marx stronger on the push for renewal. 
Right. And so the big push for renewal right now in Germany is the synodal path, which we've talked about a little bit on the show. We have a big special episode coming next week that's going to unpack that in detail. But Cardinal Marx has been one of the strongest voices in the synodal path and supporting it. And and from the very beginning, he thought this was a great idea. So let's talk about that situation going forward in Germany. We have Cardinal Marx going back to his diocese, probably committing to take on an even stronger role in this synodal way, looking at the renewal of the church. What kind of situation is Marx in in Germany now? What do people think of this whole thing? Well, some of the top lay leaders in the Catholic Church have said that Marx, his offer of resignation went down so well Mm -hmm. with the grassroots of the church, Mm. not with the clergy so much, but with the grassroots, that he will now have much greater clout. And he will, I suspect, and this is what people seem to suggest, he will have be listened to more carefully in the synodal path in the assemblies. Because he has more gravitas, because he's done this, because he's shown some kind of leadership? He's got more credibility, not gravity. He's got credibility. Sure, yeah. And this is the point. And he's shown that, you know, just being a bishop, being an archbishop of Munich, that's not the most important thing. The most important thing is we're trying to follow Christ in our way of life. Mm-hmm. And that will res- that resonates with the base. Jerry, I want to ask you a little bit about the Roman view of the situation as well, because you know, while Cardinal Marx is definitely an influential voice in Germany, he's also an influential voice in the Vatican. And I'm wondering, how is his resignation, his offer of resignation viewed in the Vatican? Do you think that, like in Germany, it, it maybe gives him more credibility, or is it viewed differently? As I said in the past, uh, there was a lot of perplexity about it. Uh, some of them, of course, would have been happy if the Pope had accepted it. But m- many realize that he, he's a real ally of the Pope. He's a real asset. At this stage in the, in the pontificate, the Pope needs the allies and the assets that are there. There are sectors in the Vatican and also in the canon law, law field in the Vatican who would like to say, well, you know, we've addressed the abuse question now. Let's not overdo it in giving it so much attention. Marx, like the head of the Jesuit, Father Sosa told me, says, no, no, we're at the beginning. We have a long road to go yet. The Pope's letter is saying this too. And so I think, you know, from this resignation, there are many side effects that will be of great importance to the future of the church and its effort to eliminate the abuse. All right, Jerry, I think that leaves us at a good place to wrap up. One real quick thing for our listeners before we go is that we have put together a listener survey. You might remember that we did this last summer. This summer's is really, really short and sweet. You and I have got messages during the year from some listeners, but we'd also like to hear from other listeners. You know, we try to do a program that offers some better understanding of what's happening in Rome to a wider audience, which may not be alert to all the developments here. And so it's very good to hear from the listeners what you listeners would like us to say more, to address more, to explain more, and also say we don't like this, to criticize saying, you know, we prefer you don't go down that road. But I I think it's very important that uh, we're able to connect and that people 
find that what we are saying makes sense to their lives. That's right. So if you want to give us your feedback on Inside the Vatican, you can find the link to our listener survey in the show notes. And if you're using a podcast app that doesn't give you links in the show notes, you can also hop over to our Twitter account and I'll, I'll pin the tweet with the link. It's at Inside Vatican Pod. That's I-N-S-D-E Vatican Pod. So inside without the second I, Vatican Pod. All right, Jerry, thank you so much for a great season of Inside the Vatican. We'll be back for our listeners next week with our deep dive episode into the German Synodal Path. But for you and I, this is our last recording before the summer break. So I will see you in September. Thank you, Colleen. And uh, great that you've got your recognition at the national level. And looking forward very much to our next season. We'll be in 120, 130. I don't know how many. I've lost count. Oh, yeah. I think this might be our 121st episode this week. So we'll be at 122 going into the fall. And of course, if there are any big, big news updates over the summer, we will drop a quick update episode in the podcast feed. So don't worry, you're not left alone all summer long. All right, Jerry, we will talk to you later. Thanks. Inside the Vatican is a production of America Media. This week's episode was produced by Maggie Van Dorn and engineered by Kevin Christopher Robles. You can find in-depth and up-to-date Vatican coverage at americamagazine.org and follow us on Twitter at I-N-S-D-E Vatican Pod. That's inside without the second I, Vatican Pod. That's also where you can take our listener survey. Please take a few minutes to fill it out. It really helps us figure out exactly what you want from inside the Vatican and for us to give you what you want. For America Media with Gerard O'Connell, I'm your host and producer, Colleen Dully. We'll see you next week. Have you ever wanted to dive deeper into scripture? If so, you're in luck, because every day there's a new scripture reflection from the thoughtful staff at America Media, thinking through big questions together, like, what do Catholics believe about guardian angels? And what can Gen Zers take away from the Gospels? If you're already a subscriber, you can access these reflections in your email inbox or on our website. If you'd like to become a digital subscriber, it's easy to do. Just visit americamagazine.org slash subscribe, and you'll have full access to America's scripture reflections.